G'day and welcome to another episode of Perth Property Insider. I'm your host, Jared Mann, and today we're back for part two of the inside story of how Cameron has gone with his investing and development journey so far. He's going to take us inside the North Perth development. He's just finishing off his learnings, uh, how he built his team and some of the key people that have helped him along the way, as well as what he sees for the year ahead in Perth Property and what are his plans for the future. So let's go inside. Welcome to Perth Property Insider, where you will learn how to grow your wealth and improve your life using Perth Property. Our show is brought to you by Investors Edge Real Estate, the highly rated and award-winning property management specialist servicing the whole of Perth. Now, here is your host, Jared Mann. So uh, what were some of the numbers um, so far? And I know uh, from our chat, it is harder to... uh, no exact resale prices because there's not that many uh, street front brand new townhouses that have been created yet. So on one hand, uh, it's going to be a real unique, highly sought after property that if you did take it to the market, we'd probably set new price records for that type of thing. But on the other hand, we don't have you know five comparable sales to exactly price it. So take us back to the original purchase and what you paid and sort of cost to date. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's complete opposite to the the Nolamara property in, in many ways. Uh, purchase price was eight thirty k. It was thirty three thousand for stamp duty, forty two thousand for subdivision. Um, Twenty. What were some of the things involved in the subdivision costs? If you can remember. Oh yeah, definitely. If people um, just uh, brush over these things with a you know, oh that's easy. <laughs> and I know you've mentioned that it was. I think. Yeah, a few challenges. I think I, I think I blocked some of them out. It was painful. But no, you've, got <laughs> yeah. spend, you've definitely got to enjoy uh, spending money if you want to do developments. There's definitely a piece of advice that I've learned. Um, some of the co- I've, I've got to have a look at the breakdown, but you know, big costs that some of the bigger costs were uh, electrical, mm-hmm. um, running power uh, from from the street um, on Scarborough Beach Road, and then down to the back property, um, and having a mains distribution box because it was over. Is it thirty meters of run length of cable? I think if I remember correctly, we did pretty well. We got in on the on the old scheme for um, the green dome, having that done. So it used to be overhead. We so we had to convert the overhead to underground. Um, so that all was about that was probably eight or nine thousand altogether. I think like the, yeah, just okay. the, big component. Yeah. Just the electrical cost was like five, six thousand. Just the electrician, I think, and then also I think it was about three grand, maybe eight thousand, three grand for um, uh, the dome at the time, I believe. Uh, so that was some of it. Plumbing, we had to do a little bit of realignment of the plumbing at the back. It's only the um, the property plumbing. Um, so that to the house. Cost it. Yeah, to the house. Yeah, there used to be an outhouse out the back. Okay. So we had to delete that and then re- just reconfigure the plumbing so it didn't go straight through the middle of the block. I think that was four or 5,000. Uh, there's a fair bit of cost in just fees for, for doing the subdivision. Yeah, I it works. I remember. <laughs> yeah. All that, yeah. Yep. So Watercorp Headworks. Yep. That was. Did you have any um, fencing to do or any demo, or were they? Yeah, we had we had really quite minor demo. Um, it was just a. It was all the yard was 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 paved. Had the it had a garage on the back that needed to be demoed and had the toilet that needed to be deleted. Um, it was pretty reasonable the demo. I think it was under five grand now. Four something. Five. Yeah. That was pretty. So that was reasonable. There wasn't any big trees or. Yeah. Anything. Well, there was one tree. I chopped that down myself. That's another experience. <laughs> um. 
uh, don't chop down trees in spring. It's my advice. You can help it. <laughs> you learn um, a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's been a really long, you know, it's been, you know, six years now, I think almost, so coming up to. Uh, so it's definitely been a long process. Definitely learned a lot. But um, so what was some of the other costs in there? Then um, you got your architect fees, I think, sitting at 20 grand. Yep, 20 grand. Um, holding costs are pretty low because we had to pitch in quite a bit of our own money. Um, we were pretty good in terms of an equity space, although Nolamara did set us back a little bit. But because um, we'd had our fourth child and my wife was living at home now, um, and then when they put a factor on everything, uh, as they do, and they forensically account you now, which I also found out. So pretty unenjoyable mm-hmm. experience, all of it. But um, it was hard to get finance. And so, uh, we, yeah, we put a lot of my, our own money in. And so that reduced holding costs, which is, I guess, one bonus of that aspect and overall overall debt. But um, it wasn't easy at the time. So 5K for holding costs. Construction, it's, yeah, so it's an architectural design, custom-built townhouse. I guess we've gone for a spec that we think hopefully suits the area. Also being, it's a really quite a small block. Uh, it's under 200 square metres and it's not, you know, it's an, not an irregular size uh, shape, but it's not a perfect shape. So having a design and build for that was useful, but it does pump up your construction yeah, costs. Yeah, you can't just fire. cookie cutter it. No, you can't just cookie cutter it, that's it. So we went in for a quality build that we thought would hopefully hold value over time and and, and be well um, presented in the market, mm. at least as investment property, and hopefully, a, you know, long longer term it won't just look like, uh, all the other properties that were built like that in the cookie cutter sort of regime. But um, it's 515, so it was a fairly big construction cost. We got 20K for the building grant. So the total cost for those two properties, the existing front house and the townhouse is 1.427 mil. So a significant investment as opposed to the last one. Yeah, yeah. And North Perth's come a, come a long way over that period too. It's like really become much more popular. There's a lot of transformation going on. Cafe strip cultures sort of emerged, and and um, you know these days I'm pretty blown away by what properties in there are selling for. So I think it's only going to be a really good hold for the future if you can keep both. Yeah, excellent. That's what we were certainly hoping for, Jared. And I'm glad to see that that's the case. When I drive around there now, it's yeah, I, I agree. It's looking really good. And I've had some friends that have just paid 1.5 for a property out there. So hmm. um, you know sort of uh, three by two, nice little sort of uh, California bungalow on about 400 square metres. So, it's, yeah, prices are definitely coming up. Yeah, I've been looking to buy and that's one of the suburbs some properties have come up in and, and I'm like, well, this for North Perth a few few years ago, it was not, nowhere near there. So, so yeah, good purchase. And um, what's some of the values at least we've spitballed on it at the moment, um, appreciating that the, the townhouse could be worth more and we've just come up with a, a conservative estimate on it? Yeah, so look, 650K for the front house. Um, that's the, a three-by-one, isn't it? Yeah, so that's a three-by-one. It's on 300, it was just shy of 300 square metres. So, yeah, that's 650, which is good. I think it was some of those values were like in the five, like 500s. You know, a couple of years ago, yeah, I was looking around at stuff coming to market. So that's looking that's looking really good. There's some growth there. Also, Penn Street, um, yeah, very difficult, like you say, to to get a value on it. But hoping for something, you know, north of one million if we were to bring it to market and sell it, which we're probably not going to. So yep. I never realised that. Um, but using that kind of million as a as a yardstick, I think that's a reasonable value. Um, that's a one point six five million dollar um, total. So kind of looking at about. 223k of potential equity there which is 15.6 percent so yeah pretty decent margin and 
you know, hopefully you can get a decent bank pal on it to help your future plans whenever that time comes too. I think with the upside ahead this year and how, how much longer have you got to, to finish, do you think? Uh, it's projected to finish at the end of March and then okay. handovers in April. So, yeah, it sort of has been slipping, but we've done really well. We only started in building in May uh, of last year. So that's when the slab yeah. went down. And I guess that's one of the beauties of having a more bespoke um, building yeah. company. They didn't go down and put a whole lot of pads and they can actually achieve Finish the build. Yeah. yeah. So it was going to be, initially they were talking about seven months, which I was just like, I just can't see that happening. And then it went to, it's gone out to 10 months, maybe 11, we'll see. But uh, I still think in this current market, that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. And it's two story too. So that adds extra yeah. complexity for them. No doubt. So, and what do the rental prices look like? Hopefully, we can bump the front up a bit more soon. And the way that the fever is going in the rental market, you may get more than what we're thinking here for the the rear new one as well. But how's it looking mm. on that side? Yeah, I've just re-signed Scarborough Beach Road at four hundred a week, so that's that's reasonable. It was has been below that lower in the cycle, definitely. 46 pounds. We had, um, I did some work with you put a number, I think it's a number down here that was done, um, some work with Dwayne to sort of work out, praise what it, what it might get. That was a little while ago now. And we were looking for north of 700, and that was for the bank basically. But yeah, yeah he was saying seven to 750. Look, I, I don't know, I really not sure that we look to you guys for <laughs> advice, but I haven't really chased it up until you know it's a finished product and something. Yeah, like when we can see it and walk through it, it's entirely different. And yeah, in this market. We're getting tenants offering, you know, above asking, and we can start high and test the market and see see where we end up in the in the first, you know, four to five days, and might jag a eight hundred or eight fifty, even who knows. Um, so it'll be exciting to finally get to that phase. I'm looking forward to that bit, Jared. After <laughs> <laughs> you'll have to have some drinks there or something, um, you know, just to to celebrate that moment because it's been a while coming. Yeah, we do have a little tradition of, of doing things like that. So you know, we go awesome. and have a little play, <laughs> a little drink, and do do a little celebration. Yeah, with the family because uh, it's a, it is always a family thing. <laughs> <laughs> and what sort of uh, cash have you put into this one? Um, just yeah, to give people so, an idea of the size of the project, and people often underestimate the cash that's needed when you have to pay for things like subdivision and architect fees yourself. You know, it adds up quick, and people having their heads on. Yeah, you can do everything for 20 grand or 30 grand when it comes to a subdivision but yeah so it's been completely different to the other one again in that we've had to put a lot more money into this you know we're financing it ourselves um so the purchase the deposit to get into the purchase so drawing uh on equity in the other property um and trying to maintain a, a sub 80 percent lbr we get to put 152 in when we first bought after it's nice that not to pay lenders mortgage insurance when you can avoid it it's just Lost money, isn't it? Totally, yeah. It certainly, um, I don't, yeah, irks me the idea of having to pay that. So I'll do everything in my power to, to not just about if I can. It'd have to be a really good opportunity, I guess, for me to, to, to do that. Yeah. Subdivision cost was 42000 Architects fees were 20000 So to pay for all of these things out of the back pocket. Then we came to refinancing. I was hoping that we'd just be able to refinance and run into it and there wouldn't be an issue with having to stub up too much money, but that changed over time. Uh, with yeah, different lending conditions as well as drop in the market, we ended up having challenges. Yeah, yeah, we had to put Ideally, in a hundred. Um, if you'd moved it forward in this market, you could have valued on the back. Hopefully, not put anything in or little. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly it. And you know, time is everything, isn't it? When it comes to these things, so 
it is what it is. And I, we would sort of desperately keep the like, project moving and not just sit on it. You know, just having that old house in the front wasn't giving us a great yield. We haven't put a bit of money in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, refinancing, we had to find, you know, 111,000. I was sort of thinking maybe it was somewhere going to be somewhere below 50. So a lot of our contingency got snapped up in that, which is probably not ideal, but it is what it is. And then we've also added some variations because we were really because we were really pushing to get in time for the building ground mm. despite we've been so ready and we'd planned things when COVID hit, we paused and then after COVID, everything went nuts and trying to get simple things done like structural engineers work and everything took a lot longer. Uh, so we ended up going with a base contract. We weren't we actually weren't sure what we were going to get in finance at that point either. So we went with a low contract and then we had an agreement with the builder that we could make variations without any variation fee. Uh, so but we've ended up with like 56k of variations, sort of bring it back up to the spec that we we wanted it at. So um yeah. all those things had to had to get <laughs> all that money had to be found and it's a it's no small amount. It was like in total it's 381k, which is I think this is the first time I've added up all these numbers together. I don't know if it's... <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry to, uh, to look at that for our, for our episode. <laughs> you got a fair bit of money to pull out when this thing's finished. You're looking forward it, to March now. <laughs> it would be a lot It would be a lot worse if uh, if we were looking at it and it wasn't a profit margin in there, I think. Yeah. So, um, yeah, look, I'm really happy. You know, I was, you know, thinking that the Perth property market was going to go for a long time. I've been listening to you for a while, Jared. I know you thought the same sorts of things and... Mm. We had stutter starts and then pullbacks, and yeah, so it's finally, uh, finally, things are looking are looking more positive. So that's good, and it's certainly helping us. So, what were some of the learnings on this one? I know you've mentioned a few on the way. Any key takeaways, perhaps? Yeah, look, it's a really good question. It's always easy to look backwards, isn't it? In mm. at something, and uh, but based on the sort of, I guess, based on the information we had at the time, I'm not sure that I would do many things differently. Um, you know, if we had, if we known how everything was going to pan out, maybe I'd. I'd have gone and bought a property in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just set to get and revisit in five years. And yeah, totally. So that's what you may change that. Yeah. So I, I think it's been a really good learning experience. It actually looks like it's performed pretty well. I've got, we really stretched ourselves to get into a property, the best property we could, the best area mm-hmm. we could. And I think that's has and will pay uh, dividends. Um, although, it, you know, it's meant that it hasn't been easy and we've, had to really tighten our belts over this over some of this period of time. But definitely some of the things I've learned is that, you know, doing subdivisions and developments can be a way to add value, but they can be really complicated as well. Um, there's like a lot of pitfalls and challenges and and there's uncertainties at the time when you're making decisions too. So, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's no crystal balls. Um, there's risk in everything you do. And when you start doing some of these things, I guess it increases the level of risk to a degree. Also, as I've probably mentioned, it can be very expensive. Mm. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's a lot of costs there that you may not be aware of if you're not experienced in this sort of thing, if you don't have good advice. There's going to be stuff that you're not prepared for. And even if you do, there probably things are going to come out of the woodwork that you weren't ready for. So probably having things like contingency is important. Probably um, one of the other things would be um, just being being involved to some degree. I think, you know, it's nice to just put all uh, responsibility to someone else, like a, whether that's an advisor or or another company, but at the end of the day, you've got to make some decisions on your own and effectively no one's going to care about your investment as much as you do. So I've really found that it pays to ask questions and it pays to challenge things as well with certain things that come up uh, and you'd be surprised you can actually you can actually make a difference even when you aren't the expert in, in the room or whatever. Mm. It is your money, so it always pays to at least have some understanding on what's going on and not completely hand it over to someone else. Um, I guess that was you really 
guess you really moved into a position of responsibility and actually being the driver of this one, whereas your first one, you were along for the ride and just yeah. learning as much as possible and nothing, no one can tell you how to, how to own that, you know? So yeah, I'm sure when you look back, you've, you know, stepped into a new place with your investing and you might, you know, I'm sure you're going to take that forward into whatever else you do now. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, um, I really enjoyed the experience despite like, it sounds like it's a roller coaster ride of highs and lows, but um, I really enjoyed the challenge, the challenges that were posed. It was, it was always a challenge. It was like, as soon as one challenge was fixed, there was another challenge that came up. <laughs> so, and getting through that has been quite satisfying. There's, I think you need to definitely do your due diligence, but there, you know, as long as you've done the due diligence and you don't have a big blocker in there somewhere that you haven't, you know, done a proper dial before you dig or, or something to do with the property and easement or something like that that you're just completely not aware of, um, you, most things you can, uh, you can't insurmountable. So that's mm. quite, that's been quite enjoyable is, uh, you know, the problem solving aspect of it. Yeah, cool. So what were some of the key people that you've had on your team to make things easier along the way? Um, my beautiful partner, Sarah. Um, she is fantastic on that. Yep. That's a shout out, definitely. Yeah, yeah, and deservedly so. She's like fantastic with um, research. She puts me to shame. I just don't have the tenacity that she has for it. I do like research, but um, she can really go deep. So she's been fantastic, uh, and she's um, really good with the design aspects of things mm. and planning and sort of thinking outside the box on that kind of stuff. So she's fantastic with that, and she is um, definitely one of the most important people on our team. Yeah, well, it's um, great that you're doing it together and you're on the same page because a difficult investment or projects can either bring, bring people closer and, you know, you come out of it thinking, you know, with a stronger relationship or I've also seen it separate people, unfortunately. So when the I'm sure. Applied. Yeah, I think we're really lucky that in terms of the development stuff, we've been really on the same page and that's that's really helped. And um, compared to bringing up four kids, actually, it's really not too bad. <laughs> Good one. Things are relative. <laughs> so who are some of the other key people on your team? My, our mortgage broker has been, I've got hundreds of emails back and forth with <laughs> my mortgage broker. Um, I, I do feel for him, actually. I don't know. I don't know. I hope he doesn't calculate his hourly rate or whatever. Yeah. The amount of work that he's done just trying to get us financed at different periods, yeah, it's been a challenge. So I think having a... a, a you know, mortgage broker who who understands investments and you know is ready to take on people and put in the work for a, a client that is going to have be more difficult like myself. Uh, I think that makes it not intentionally difficult, but just yeah, the nature of what you're doing when you're doing a project and pushing the boundaries and then having royal commissions and other things thrown in the works never makes uh, it yeah. easy. I, I apologise to my broker all the time <laughs> as well and say I bet you're glad your other clients aren't as complex as me. <laughs> We help them, you know, further their uh, trade and skills and, you know, if they can deal with us, then they can, uh, if the, the straightforward finance is a breeze then. <laughs> yeah, totally. I had another friend that's a, a mortgage broker actually and we were just having a um, birthday party for one of the kids and having a chat and he was talking about his business and I said, oh, you don't want clients like me and we've just gone through what we were doing. He was like, no, no, I don't <laughs> So he's pretty honest there. Um, yeah. <laughs> He's obviously got a fair bit of uh, business at the moment as well, I suppose. Yeah. So any other key people that have got you through? Definitely um, our accountant. He's a, he's a very investment-focused guy. Um, no, that's good. And he's been very helpful with uh, maximising our tax uh, tax position and, and giving us some advice on different things we should or shouldn't or could or couldn't do. So 
I think there's definitely a shout out there. They're, he's very uh, integral. Um, have you just gone personal names with stuff so far, or have you got any, yeah. any kind of yeah. other structure? No, we've gone we've gone personal name basically so far, and that's all about maximising tax tax returns in in the in the earlier years. Uh, I've, I've seen this. You've had a podcast recently, and I've heard other podcasts and thought on it. And I used to be a type of accountant, so I've got a few ideas. More of a management accountant, but. Yeah, so it's an interesting I've one. I've come back to uh, simplicity as well these days, like Karina and I are just playing in personal names, but I do at least have the business that I can distribute to, so I kind of get the best mm. of both worlds. But the banks have changed so much as well with their lending and, you know, it decreases your options as well when you throw a company or a trust into the mix. So Yeah, totally. And we, we've kind of needed, you know, to maximise our tax position as much as possible in these early years. Otherwise, we probably just wouldn't have been able to do it. Good one. Also, um, architect and builder. Definitely, uh, architect's been fantastic. He, uh, we did the design with him, and then we we opted to go for a building company that he's a director of as well. Okay, uh, we looked around a fair bit of that. So it was a he project manages it through that build as well, and it's a it's a kind of like a design and build, I suppose. He's got some pretty strong linkages to City of Vincent around where we're, we're developing to, and so that's been invaluable having that advice. As well as you know, hopefully bringing up out a good product, but um, just those that knowledge of what you can't can and can't do is uh, is really invaluable. And then also designing something and being able to build it for a reasonable price, I suppose as well. Looking forward to seeing that product <laughs> when it's all done. Yes, totally. And also, Jared, of course, I've got to give you a shout out and your business for for helping us along for for the last you know what is it now coming on long, a lot of years now actually yeah. 70s with, with this one but i think Nolamara was like rented in what was that 2010 yeah i think it's yeah. 2010 yeah. yeah yeah so yeah i'm not a property management specialist and i don't want to be one so having someone who's able to maximize the yield that you get out of your property help you protect your asset make sure you've got the right insurances put the right tenants into that property um and and minimize your vacancy rate that's like what you guys have done and you guys are experts at that, and yeah, that's really important to have one of those one a, a very effective property management specialist on board. I think. Yeah, cool. Appreciate that, and I certainly appreciate your business over the years. <laughs> no worries, it's good. So, what is um, what do you see for the year ahead for Perth property? Because it's just good to get your take as another investor on uh, what you're seeing out there, and we've got a lot of East Coast listeners that don't have the benefit of being on the ground as well, so. Yeah, look, I mean, for what it's worth, um, <laughs> my view, I, I think Perth's, I still think Perth's un, undervalued properly, probably, sorry, compared to the, the rest of Australia, maybe with the exception of um, of Darwin. I think Perth prices have really sort of diverged lower uh, since, their, since their highs um, and, they're, yeah, they're probably undervalued, at least historically they are. And I don't think anyone's going to argue with that. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone is either. You know, most are kind of forecasting around that sort of 10% growth for 2022. But um, I think given Perth's affordability, sort of, you know, where we are in terms of supply, likely demand with migration if and when the port is ever, <laughs> yeah. ever open. Things have changed since the time of uh, thinking on this question. <laughs> it has, yeah, exactly. Obviously, with uh, the borders now remaining down, but what happens in that space is uncertain. But what is certain is we've got, like, loads of jobs. When it does happen, moment. you know. Yeah, it's a when, isn't it? It's not an if. Um, you know, we've also got excellent yields and, and increasing rents, so I wouldn't be surprised if Perth outperformed that in uh, in 2022 and what starts to go some way of redressing that balance. In saying that, I've been wrong before and I thought that would happen 
quite a while ago with Sydney <laughs> and New South and uh, so New South Wales and, and Victoria and, and it didn't. But um, yeah, I think it's got to happen at some point. Well, hopefully we have no, no other shocks or black swan events as uh, as we were talking about. We don't don't need any of them on the radar for a while. Yeah, that's definitely the caveat, isn't it? You just there's there's always uncertainty. Things can happen. Interest rates could suddenly raise quickly, and that would change things. Or who knows? The next uh, the next variant comes around or something. Hmm. So what's next for you? Finish this project in March and get a tenant in there. And what are your future plans and on the horizon? Yeah, well, I've alluded it to it before, but I think you know, it really, is time for us now to start looking towards our own our own home, getting out. Principal place of residence for for ourselves, so we sort of we haven't looked at it too strongly yet um, because it's just not an option. But we've got a few ideas what we might do. So well, we'll see where everything lands and, and what the financing and things permits. And but that's definitely I think uh, that kind of acquisition is something we'd like to do going forward sooner rather than later if if we can. Also, um, I guess the front house at um, the old house we might renovate at some point at least to a cosmetic level to. See if we can boost boost the rent. Yeah, bit of a value add. Yeah, bit of a value add. Um, what that looks like, I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to overcapitalize on that. I don't think um, at this point. But um, yeah, I think there is an opportunity to increase the yield to to a point where it would be would, would make sense to do that. Mm. But I won't be doing any of that before uh, <laughs> the building boom comes off a bit. That's, yeah, uh, for sure. I'd time that one. I'd like to try to time things if I can. Um, well, your tenant in there is doing an amazing job. I looked at their routine inspection report in preparation for this <laughs> when I was appraising it. So, yeah, they've certainly made it home and they've got lovely uh, furniture, lovely uh, plants and other things about. So, yeah, hopefully we can keep them for the long term too. Totally, yeah, and I totally agree. Yeah, it can be when you've got an older house property, it can be you know difficult getting the right tenants in it. Well, I think you yeah. alluded to that a lot of times before, Jared, but, yeah, that's certainly... We had a little bit of that at times, nothing terrible, but just people coming and going more transiently, I suppose. But these ones seem good, so, yeah, hopefully they stick. Um, don't like to have to relet if we can't. <laughs> 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 uh, but then really, I guess it's, um, I haven't got firm plans past that, but definitely being on, uh, being poised for looking out for future opportunities, I think. Um, that's what I'll, I'll, we'll be looking to do. It's down the track a bit and it all really depends where everything is. What I, yeah, what I, where the, where the home and... and yeah. Do you think you'd ever take a step back on selling a property if you had to or where you were hold forever? Uh, the reason I ask is I've just recorded a podcast on it. So it's fresh in my mind and it'd be good to get your take on whether you're ever going to sell. I haven't listened to that one yet, Jared, but I'll be sure to. Um, look, I don't like selling them. I haven't sold any of them yet. I'd prefer not to sell them. Um, mm -hmm. I think ultimately property, you know, tends to, we've seen property increases over time and there's transaction costs uh, that um, with, with selling properties. Um, but, you know, never say never. If it was something that needed to happen to fulfil a need or something, then, yeah, it's definitely possible that we could. Uh, I'm not planning to. Cool. Well, thank you so much for being uh, open and completely transparent and uh, really think it's going to add a lot of value to people to see your journey and um and thanks for coming on the show today thanks jared really appreciate having me on have an awesome year ahead mate thanks and you too cheers